Hello, hi, I'm Erin Vandevin. Thanks for joining me today. This is Medium Lady Talks. This podcast is about figuring out the medium effort way to get the most out of life today. I hope the things I unpack here can role model and invite you to sort out your own ways to live life in the present. This is a show about experimenting to get closer to what matters most. I'm glad you're here, so let's settle in. Hello, hi, and welcome to Medium Lady Talks. I'm your host, Erin. This is episode 31, Medium Lady Talks About Playlists. It's uh, just me today, no interview, no guest. We're going to talk about music today and playlists specifically. I'm going to talk about why I love music, how playlists serve my personal motto of medium effort and mindful fun. Plus, I'm also going to talk about the low, high, and medium effort ways to build a playlist and to get enjoyment from them. First off, I think it's important. Is it important to talk about why I love music and playlists? I think that I'm going to anticipate that most people listening to this episode also love music. And the beautiful thing about loving music is that there are many genres and (laughs) many types of music as there are people. Um, But personally, for me, why I love music and playlists is I really come from a family that had music everywhere all the time, both my mom and how my mom grew up and then how that influenced me and both my parents and their music tastes um, as a young kid. My earliest memories of music are really my parents had a record player, a turntable, I guess, Um, And they would play the Sound of Music album or Talking Heads or Michael Jackson. I remember the Beatles' Yellow Submarine album. And then I also grew up with a lot of live music in my life. I grew up going to church, lots of amazing music at church. And specifically, my grandfather, who passed away in 2010, he was a musician savant, basically. Almost like he could pick up any instrument, he could play it. That talent was really passed on to my uncle, my mom's oldest brother, who, you know, was a music teacher, both in high school and a music instructor to many of his private students. And then my cousin, his son, so that's three generations of men on my mom's side. My cousin, Jonathan, is uh, very musically gifted, can pretty much play any instrument handed to him, and works as a music theorist, an author in music, an educator in academia. And so um, I'm not specifically taking credit for that uh, line, but I do feel like really wonderful musicians in my life, the accessibility of live music, I really felt that as a kid. Always somebody with a guitar in their hands, always somebody ready to pick up um, some music and play. I personally started piano lessons around age five. I played really steadily until I turned about 13. I no longer play the piano and I could probably read music in a really slow and halting way that would not qualify for playing the piano, (laughs) plunking the piano, maybe, maybe. Objectively, I think I was actually probably a pretty accomplished pianist for my age at 13 and my ability. Uh, It's really hard to say why it didn't stick with me beyond that. I think it's maybe one of the first areas of my own teenage rebellion. You know, if I could even call it rebellion, I'm sort of rolling my eyes as I use the word rebellion. I was a very people-pleasery teenager, I think. (laughs) You can ask my mom. Um, I really felt how important it was to my mother that I be skilled at the piano, but I also felt around the age of 13 just how much time practicing and perfecting classical pieces was taking from my life and all the other ways that I wanted to spend my free time 
just became really obvious to me around the age 13. You know, it's when you kind of like start to leave the nest, at least when I was 13, that was sort of around the time when you're spending more time at school and less time at home and more time with friends on the weekend or extracurriculars, etc. Uh, you know, was I good at the piano? I was also probably at an age where I expected a lot of things to come easily to me. You know, school came pretty easily. Friends came pretty easily to me. The piano required a lot of work. It it required a lot of practice and effort because, um, it was challenging. And in order to be good, it required a lot of hours, even if you were already talented at it. Yeah, I don't know why I'm sort of taking a deviation to talk about (laughs) to talk about these eight years of my formative life when I played the piano, but again, to go back to why I love music so much and and why music is still a huge part of my life, even though I don't play the piano, I would say I do still really feel quite into music as a hobby. My earliest memories of a sort of like the media obsession with music you know, what are you listening to? What songs do you love? Can you sing them word by word? Really started with The Little Mermaid. I remember my mom had set me up with a cassette, my own portable tape player. I brought that portable tape player everywhere. You know, I could rewind it to the perfect track. It became like second nature. It was like a sixth sense. I knew exactly when to stop the tape to start at the beginning of my favorite tracks. I didn't grow up with cable TV, so, you know, I missed out on, like, the Nickelodeon generation, although I am right the perfect age to remember all of those those shows and cartoons. But um, instead of cable, we did have a VHS player, and I was really obsessed with as many movie musicals as I could find from the library. There was so much on music on TV Uh, I think was a primary preference when it came to my viewing habits as a kid. So if I could choose what movie I would want to watch, I would want to watch a musical. Music as a consumption of of media was a really like a major preference of mine as a kid. And then of course you add like a really healthy dose of all the Disney movies of the early 90s and you got the perfect match for somebody who, you know, (laughs) if it doesn't have music, I don't want to watch it. Or it's not nearly as appealing or as interesting as a choice that does include music and singing. All of that, you know, I feel like really set an early formative experience of music for me. I really, I don't, I also, I'm laughing because I don't think I'm alone in that. I think it's really likely that most of you are listening, um, are of a similar generation as I am, and you're really thinking of your early childhood music experiences as I recount my own. All of this memory of music, you know, how does it inform why I'm going to talk about playlists today? So I'm just trying to paint the picture of someone who has a very well-developed music listening habit, I guess. And that habit continues to be fueled to this day. It's just in new ways, and it's now really enabled by technology to the point where I barely have to think about it. Personally, for me, it's really rare that I do much without music in the background, I will stop what I'm doing, I'll try to figure out the best music to play to accompany my activity, you know, whether it's driving, cleaning, commuting on the train, writing, reading, folding laundry, making dinner, (laughs) I could go on and on. You know, if I can't hear music, uh, I would prefer it to be on. If I can hear music, I would prefer it to be on, and (laughs) hearing it is an important qualifier in my house with three kids under 10. Uh, There are lots of times when the music isn't on because it's just too busy and too loud, or their music is on, and I try to encourage that whenever I can. 
Um, I would, again, love to know if you relate to this, like, are you a music on or off person? Do you have a music listening habit? How do you feel your, you know, your sort of senses look for music, your ears look for music when you're engaged in mundane or routine tasks? I know, too, a lot of people, and maybe you're one of them listening to this podcast right now, have replaced music with podcasts. I think I have done that to some extent, but definitely more often than not, I'm probably reaching for music over podcasts. Without further delay, I think I am going to pivot to talk about playlists and why I love them and the three ways, you know, low, medium, and high effort ways to make and listen to playlists. I'm going to talk again about playlists. Wow, how many times can I say the word playlist? I don't know. I'm going to talk about playlists in the context of being a Spotify subscriber. I do have a premium membership to Spotify, um, but you could probably adapt this to any algorithm-driven music streaming service. And I'm going to make a broad assumption that most people listen to Spotify. And please, uh, you know, let me know or, or correct me if you're listening to something else. I know a lot of people out there are doing Apple Music. YouTube has a music subscription. So I would really be curious to hear what you're using to consume music. When it comes to playlists, playlists are absolutely mindful fun. And mindful fun is my own personal philosophy of the act of self-discovery through engaging the senses. Mindful fun is about figuring out who you are or the boundaries of what you like and what you don't like by having fun and being mindful at the same time is acknowledging that you are having fun through the experience um, that you're pursuing. When you're enjoying yourself just enough to lose sight of that to-do list, the shoulds, the ways others might be pressuring you or you might be experiencing, you know, something like societal expectations, anything like that is mindful fun. And I think playlists really tap into that. Playlists also, you know, they really engage us in the act of curiosity, connection, and completion. This is a formula I've actually recently learned about through Eve Rodsky and her book Unicorn Space. If you've read that book, let me know. I will have more of a review on that book in my upcoming Winter Reads episode. All playlist enjoyment really starts with curiosity. I think whether you're going to embark on making one yourself or you're going to enjoy one made by someone else, Curiosity looks kind of like a series of questions about your desire to enjoy music. Things like, what am I doing right now? How will music enhance that experience? What is the energy I am trying to capture? How do I want to feel? Do I want music to enhance that or do I want music to alter that feeling? Who else will listen to this music? All of these questions build into your curiosity as you pursue the act of making a playlist. Connection is the second item, and connection via playlists can happen in two ways. You can connect with the music for yourself. You're plugging into the experience, the vibe, the feeling. You're plugging into the energy that you were looking for when you sought out the music. Connection is the mindful part of mindful fun, the mindful part of playlists. It's where you feel satisfaction of meeting up with the enjoyment in the moment when everything else falls away as you let yourself be carried away by the music. The other dimension of connection is sharing playlists. I think because of my age, most playlists were for sharing when I was kind of a formative age to really tackle my music taste and understand music as a way of learning more about other people. I still think of a lot of playlists some friends made for me to acknowledge a moment, 
uh, a moment, you know, a play that we were in. A friend made me a beautiful playlist when we left our apartment together. I can think of birthday playlists, playlists for crushes. (laughs) That's where the connection, I think, still happens with playlists. If I make a playlist for you and you hear it, you will always listen to it in the context that includes my own point of view and then incorporating your experience with the songs and our relationship together. So that's, you know, curiosity, connection, and completion. Completion is kind of obvious here. Most playlists get completed. And personally, I would argue if you have music that you listen to, you always listen to, but it's not curated with a beginning, middle, and end, then it's not a playlist. Uh, But you can debate me if you like, and I'm always happy to connect with any listeners after the episode on Instagram. You can find me at medium.lady over there. So let me know. Does a playlist have to have a beginning, middle, and an end? Now, there's lots of ways to consume playlists and to enjoy curated music that include low effort, high effort, and my favorite, which is medium effort. Medium effort being, if you're new to Medium Lady, the way that I encourage myself and others to expect and plan to invest their energy and time while on the path of self-discovery and self-compassion. This is like somewhere between, you know, hot mess and Pinterest perfect. Medium effort is where you hit the sweet spot for the return on your investments of energy and time. The product of medium effort is going to be way better than the product of being a hot mess or way better than the product of being Pinterest perfect. Okay, a low effort playlist. What is a low effort playlist? A low effort playlist is someone else's playlist. (laughs) Lots of people really love playlist building like I do, and you can find them and their music curation all over Spotify. Spotify has basically become the Facebook of music. You can find unique users with their unique accounts. You can find their followers and their suggestions. The beauty of finding someone else's playlist is that it's an added connection to others in the same way that we sort of used to make mixtapes and burn CDs for one another. Sharing music, you know, my gosh, it's really like not been a very long time, but it used to require proximity. You'd have to be in a music club together or at a concert while music is being played live. I'm thinking of this specifically because I'm watching um, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel on Amazon Prime for the first time, actually. And it strikes me how much, you know, if you weren't there in person through most of the 50s, then you just didn't get to experience the song. Then records were distributed. There's a fair bit of obscurity. A lot of stuff is about experiencing the performance, the music in real time. When I was growing up, you know, more of that experience was consumable. There were way more options. I remember sharing headphones with my friends, you know, huddled over a discman while doing homework or, um, you know, hanging out together at a sleepover. Now sharing music is done with an internet connection and any device that plays music. You know, I personally love texting a friend or my sister's a song, you know, looking back on something that I curated years ago while in a different phase of life. The access to the songs that we want to listen to is it's just seconds away. The same way that we can access things through YouTube or Netflix, um, even books, you can have access to something in a matter of seconds over the internet. Proximity is no longer kind of a huge part of sharing music, but maybe we can, I don't know, think about redefining that proximity in different ways. Low effort playlists can be found on YouTube, they can be found on Spotify, and then once you find one that works for you, I think you can easily return to it time and time again. You might need a bit of time to sift through some of the options, but if you know what you're looking for and you've engaged in that curiosity phase that I described before, then you probably won't need too much time to find a playlist that suits your mood. Even on Spotify right now, 
I enter the word focus. <laughs> Here I'm, I can do it. I look under playlists. I find an almost endless scroll of well-described curated playlists to dip into. Electronic focus, peaceful piano. You know, if I have a sense of what I want and the vibe I'm going for, just like that, I can be enjoying music. From the low effort playlist is the high effort playlist. And I will admit that actually for me, high effort playlists are a thing. They're a thing that I love. I really like to seasonally get deep into my feels uh, about music that I want to listen to and how I'm going to use music to set the stage for the season that I'm about to embark on. Christmas is a great example of this. It's probably the most obvious example. But whenever Christmas ends, I find myself really quickly kind of needing new music. It's like, once December 26th rolls around, I become allergic to Christmas carols and I just cannot listen to them. So that gives me an impetus to build myself a playlist that helps me transition from beloved Christmas playlists, which are Christmas playlists are a whole other thing. And maybe if you like this episode, I will make a holiday playlist, uh, maybe at the end of the year, a holiday playlist episode, rather, at the end of the year. If we're thinking about the preparation for that season, the high effort playlist, you know, for me, I think about what I'm feeling. So this year, you know, when in preparation for that post-Christmas playlist, I thought about how I was feeling. And then while that happened, we all got super sick. If you've heard my episode on being sick, you will know all about it. But while sick, I felt like I was in these worlds where I was happy on the outside, but sad and exhausted on the inside, or sad on the outside, but sort of feeling inspired or hopeful, like maybe we were at the end of this. You know, sometimes my insides did match my outsides. So I made a playlist based on that idea, you know, being happy on the outside, but sad on the inside or sad on the outside and happy on the inside. I will link that playlist in the show notes and um, any other Spotify playlist that I allude to here. But but that playlist took me about three days to put together. You know, seriously, it really did. Is three days too long to make a playlist? Oh, I think it probably depends. For me, this was an exercise in self-care. It gave me space. It gave me a break from the anxious train of thought I was in. It became a bit of a way for me to connect with myself. It also got completed. It was completed. And then I got to just enjoy the music for months. I'm, I'm just now at the point. So I think that playlist was finished early January. And it's the um, end of February right now, and I'm just now at the point where I'm ready to make a new playlist, and I'm looking for the inspiration that will take me off in the direction of a spring playlist. And that might that inspiration might come from anywhere, but it will start by paying attention to how I'm feeling, how I want the music to set the stage for the next season of my life. And that's the high effort playlist in my mind, is really allowing the playlist to kind of marinate over time and to build a playlist off of a really well-defined idea, a really curated thematic idea, not just perhaps an overall vibe, but that there's really sound language and construction around the idea that the playlist is trying to convey. Okay, finally coming up last is the medium effort playlist. This is what I'll also call an iterative playlist. I've shared the low effort and the high effort playlist with you. My medium effort way to build a playlist does require a bit of attention and time up front, but from the curiosity connection and completion phase, those phases will honestly happen very swiftly once you set the whole thing in motion. 
I love the word iterative. It's, it's all about the repetition of a process to generate a series of outcomes. If I'm going to pull the exact definition off of the internet, the repetition of a process to generate a series of outcomes. I just love that. And I'll joke as well is that one of my words of the year was tinker. And I think tinker and iterative are pretty close together. Tinkering is sort of about constant adjustment, constant uh, manipulation of a thing in order to get closer and closer to the target. The other thing about a Medium playlist is I'm going to talk about one specific tool that I think is unique to Spotify. I did a bit of research and, I, and I'm pretty certain it is um, as a music streaming service. So I'm sorry, I will try to talk about a few ways to duplicate this experience. But if you don't listen to music um, using Spotify, please just hear me out and I'll give some suggestions um, after I talk through my process for building a Medium effort playlist. So here are my steps. Step number one does require that you choose three songs. This can be any three songs. It's probably going to be the ones that are really getting you smiling or feeling super chill or focused lately. If you can't think of three songs, then you'll need to take a pause, go on a bit of deep dive, you know, fiddle around with some of the recommended or the for you music selections that your app is pushing to you. Click around. If something feels right, don't overthink it. Just add it to the three. I think if you have more than three, that's even better. But I do find medium effort for me is to start with three and I end up with the same outcome, even if I only have three versus maybe having five or six songs. Okay, step number two is put those three on a new playlist and then listen to them together. And you're going to just take but a moment, please. This is maybe the most uncomfortable part of the medium effort playlist, but you're going to just take a moment and think about the themes, the lyrics, the instrument, the beat, the voices, and throw down the first three words that describe how the songs are similar. You've got your three songs, you listen to them together, and you pick three words that link all of those songs together. So you've got your three words thematically on a three, it's essentially a three song playlist. Okay, now here's a really important part. You're going to use the Spotify enhance feature on your playlist and Spotify is going to suggest songs for your playlist. If you have a playlist with only three songs, they might suggest a lot of songs, but this is going to get easier as we iterate and you're going to hear what I'm going to tell us to do next. So you've turned on the Spotify enhance feature and you're going to start to listen to those songs one by one, not in a casual way. You can't multitask. You have to really lose yourself in the process of building the playlist. You're going to listen to the songs suggested by the Spotify enhance feature and think about your three words of your first three songs. And then quickly, again, going with your gut, decide once if the song fits or doesn't and then add it to the playlist or kick it off. And you're going to do this for about four or five songs. You're gonna, once you've added maybe those four or five songs, you might've kicked off a bunch, but you found four or five, you now have a playlist that has about eight songs on it. Turn off the enhanced feature and listen to your new playlist. You might wanna skip songs or kind of jump through them to get the general musical tone. This is not necessarily about listening to every song through completion. This can be sometimes about listening to transitions, the end of one song and the beginning of another song. Do they continue to go together? Do they continue to bring you back to those thematic three words? At this point, actually, while you're listening to those eight songs, you're going to think of a few more songs on your own. So go find those songs on your own and add them. Consider kind of rearranging the list. Use the edit feature to kind of drag and drop songs in the right order. Now take a step back and turn on the enhanced feature again. 
Spotify also has recommended songs if you scroll down to the bottom of the list, but I actually, I feel like this produces different recommendations. The, <laughs> that's weird. The recommended feature produces different recommendations than the enhanced feature. I, I'm really not sure why that is, but personally, I always go for the enhanced songs, not the recommendations. You're going to turn the enhanced feature back on and go back to the top. Listen to four or five songs, kick them off or keep them, and then turn off the enhanced feature. And again, listen to transitions, listen to songs in the beginning, middle, and end, and qualify over and over again. Qualify if those things are meeting your thematic need for your playlist. The three words that you pulled out when you listen to your first three songs. That's the iteration. You can do this three or four times. Handpick some songs, use the enhance feature, select a few, turn off the enhance feature, reorder, and then seek new songs as your inspiration strikes. Only you will really know how long your playlist needs to be. Personally, my typical playlist is between one and two hours. My favorite playlist, personally, always have a clear point of view. They take me through that beginning, middle, and end that I described. I also do not shuffle my playlists. When I hit play, I'm always starting with the first song. And that's it. That's a medium effort playlist. I think this is a little bit more step-by-step -step than the low effort or high effort playlist. But you should be able to create a playlist in one sitting if that's your choice. And then after that one sitting, you just transition from medium effort to mindful fun, which is just listening to the playlist, letting it transport you into the season or vibe or energetic point of view that inspired your creation in the first place. I did say if you don't have Spotify, um, I think you can still build playlists that are iterative. It will just take a few extra steps. And this might be somewhere between medium effort and high effort. It probably depends. One of my favorite steps is to look for covers. Cover music is amazing. It's one of my favorite. Is cover music a genre? Cover music is one of my favorite genres of music, I guess. And it often populates a lot of my own personal playlists. That's because I feel like I can use the lyrics of a song that represent the vibe of the playlist that I want, but also the musical genre that I'm aiming for. So one of my favorite resources for this is a website called secondhandsongs.com. That's all one word, secondhandsongs.com, to reference the covers made of any particular song. Most of those songs are readily available to enjoy and easy to find on, on streaming platforms. The other way to build an iterative playlist without the enhanced Spotify feature is to Google, is to really just Google using the phrase songs to listen to if you love blank or artists to listen to if you love blank. And usually the first few results will reference artists and songs that might fit your playlist. And then you can spend time on YouTube or your streaming service to figure out if that song fits with your playlist. If you want to head back to the low effort playlist option, <laughs> I feel like there's going to be for some people the medium effort method feels high effort, but please give it a try. I really think you're going to come up with something that is unique to you, unique to your point of view in, in one sitting, truly. Um, and this can be done on the couch with a cup of tea. It's, it's really a lovely experience. I will get lost in playlist building and I will forget the things that are on my mind. I will lose track of my anxieties, my to-do list while doing this. And that's really why I'm taking the time today to dedicate a whole podcast to making playlists.
But again, let's go back to that low effort option. I'm going to run through a few of my own playlists and a couple made by some others. All of my playlists for the last six years can be found on Spotify. If you want to look them up, you can find me on Spotify under Medium Lady and you can follow me there if that's interesting to you. I do have many personal playlists that are all public and you can enjoy them. Um, The playlist I referenced before is called What I Found in the Winter. That's my 2022 winter playlist. That contains music from mostly new artists to me, some new favorites, and then also a handful of covers of Joni Mitchell. There's a cover of Coldplay. There's an amazing cover of Teenage Dirtbag. I don't know if you remember that song. That song is 22 years old, by the way. Oh my gosh. Compared to my 2021 winter playlist is called Winter-ish. That's more of my holiday transition album that contains some tracks that also um, unique, you know, unique tracks that include saved voicemails. I don't know why. There's just something really poignant about including those on a playlist. When I created that winterish playlist last year, I was grieving the loss of my dad's dad, my opa, and there was something about the the use of a voicemail track in a piece of music that just really... Um, really struck me in my heart as I was moving through some phases of grief. And so including them on the playlist brings me back to that time, but also helps me access that feeling of nostalgia and this sort of wistful love of capturing someone's voice on voicemail. Um, More upbeat, uh, a little bit less, you know, um, uh, wintry, (laughs) wintry vibes. Um, I also have an awesome spring playlist. A spring playlist is called Super Bloom. That's from 2021. I'm also actually looking forward to going back to that playlist before making my iterative playlist for 2022 spring. Uh, the Super Bloom playlist contains one of my favorite songs, which is called Marietta by the band Upstate. Spotify has a great playlist called Classic Family Flicks. This includes any of your favorite music from any of your favorite family movies. A lot of sing-along songs, Disney, Shrek, Ghostbusters, you know, really well-known musicals. And then the last playlist I'll recommend is from Kendra Adachi from The Lazy Genius. Uh, Kendra has also always been a huge champion of playlists, so I'm in good company. (laughs) She has an out-of-this-world playlist called Best Instrumental that is basically, it's just like perfection for any kind of activity that needs like an opening credit soundtrack just to make you feel a little bit more special. You can feel like you're in the beginning of the opening credits to your own movie when you listen to this playlist. Okay, those are my thoughts on playlists. I can't wait to wrap this up and actually begin tinkering with my own early spring playlist. If you like this episode, please give it a rating and review. And if you loved this episode, why not subscribe? Please go ahead and follow the podcast wherever you are listening to make sure you don't miss an episode. And if you're already subscribed, thank you so much. I would just love it if you would share this episode with someone who needs a little bit of medium effort and mindful fun in their life. I love to connect after the episode on Instagram. You can find me and the Medium Lady community at medium.lady over there. Thank you so much for listening. I'm your host, Erin. This has been episode 31 of Medium Lady Talks, and I will see you again soon. Bye.